Matrikshamangalam, Mangalam Bhakta Brindebhyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam, Om Stapakaya Chidarmasya Sarvadharma Sarupini, Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam, Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam, Ashmarachara Prayantam Bande Gurum Paramparam, Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Mahishwaraha, Guru Reva Param Brahman Dasmai Sri Guru Vedama Sri Ganesha Sharada Guru Yodamaha Jai Ma Jai Ma So continuing, today is a very auspicious day. It's a, we're at, on Ashtami, the eighth day of the month of Chaitra, which is the, uh, and this, this is, uh, we're in the middle of what we call Chaitra uh, Navaratra, Navaratri, or also known as Vashant Navaratri, the spring Navaratri. So the six, these are nine nights. The one in the fall has become more famous, of course. It's a very ancient tradition. But the second most popular is this one. There's also two other Navaratris, one in the summer and one in the winter. They call them Gupta Navaratris, hidden. Uh, most people don't follow. There's some sadhaks and tantriks are doing extra sadhana and fasting on those days. But right now it's very, so this is the eighth day. Ashtami and Navami are the most auspicious days for the goddess on during this very auspicious nine night festival. Uh, and tomorrow is Novmi, the ninth day, but this is also uh, Ram Novmi, the birth, you can say birthday, the advent anniversary of Lord Ramachandra. Very auspicious. So it's a very holy season we're in. And uh, we've been reading the last few months, maybe longer, I don't know, from Swami Vivekananda's Bhakti Yoga, small book. Um, the version I'm reading right now, slightly edited, uh, and it's called the, uh, the Yogas and Other Works by Vivekananda, edited by Swami Nikilananda. And then the, it's in the complete works, and also uh, you have it in the, yeah, in, the, in the separated Bhakti Yoga. That's also very nice for Bhakti Yoga and Raja Yoga and Karma Yoga together, right? Yeah. And so we're actually towards the end, where I think we'll finish. I thought we'd finish last time, but I always think I'm going to do more than I can. Uh, and right now, we, so Swamiji's, he, he starts out with very broad things about what, what, what uh, bhakti is, what the focus of bhakti, what, what bhakti means, what type of devotion it is, and then who, what the focus of bhakti must be. And then very quickly, he, he talks about uh, different principles of bhakti yoga, but then flies into parabhakti. That's been his book, basically, discussion of the supreme bhakti. And now he's, he's, he's mentioning... Last, I think, a couple of weeks ago, we did the the famous the triangle of the triangle of love, the real nature of love. That is, maybe remember what they are. Three. No, no what? No bargaining. No love knows no bargaining. Love knows no hurt. Love knows no fear, and love knows no rival. Right. So then he then last week we talked about 
Uh, he began, we didn't finish, it's, it's, the title of the chapter is called uh, Human Representations of Divine Love. So it's an interesting title, and uh, this is the, um, the, uh, the different relationships we can develop with, with God in order to develop devotion, or either we can develop this relationship to, to develop devotion, or out of devotion these relationships develop. And, and especially in the Vaishnava Tantras, this is mentioned, uh, and it's called the uh, Panchabhavas, the five moods. Uh, and we went through some of them. We went through four of them, I think. Uh, remember what they were? Test. No. Ah, so good. Right person. Vatsalya. Shanta, Vatsalya. Dasya. Dasya. Sneha. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, or, um, but, uh, yes. Um, or here, shak- Shakya. Shakya. Sneha means friendship, but here it means uh, Shakya. Shakya means also friend, right? So, actually, usually there's, so it starts, starts with Shanta. If the problem is that they're stratified, right? And, and Swami Vivekananda also stratifies, and traditionally they're stratified, but it's not exactly like one's lower and higher. Just each, the levels become more intense, right? So that, that's how they're stratified, you know? You had the thing about hmm. degrees of madness. So, yeah, so that's a perfect. So, I mean, you said that there are degrees of madness, right? So, like, the Shanta Baba is that, that of, oh, you know, I love God, God's everywhere, I'm surrendered, everything's peaceful, right? And he describes as that, uh, that the Rishis had such a relationship with God, right? In the forest, you know, just. They're in union with God or remembrance of God. We can almost think almost like the transcendentalists in this country, something like that, you know, that they have a, um, uh, um, uh, an experience, but the relationship is, is, is not uh, uh, agitated. It's just like, ah, like full satisfaction and, and, and this relationship with God. And so that's not, we can't say, oh, the problem is you. You only have Shantabhava. Right, you need, you know, so we shouldn't use that as a sectarian thing. These are lower, you're a fool, you know. <laughs> oh, fool. <laughs> we hear text like that. Oh, fool. Give up Shantabab. Not like that. <laughs> right. Uh, 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 this is so, but it's not, a, it's, by, it's defined by non emotional intensity, by peaceful acceptance and satisfaction and in, 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 in a blissful experience of God. Then it was we. Then it was. Uh, what was the second one? Sakya, I think. Is it? I want to get the orders right. Dasya. No, it's next text. Swami only gives one sentence to Dasya, but this is that of a, of a servant. You can see a servant. That's you know I have to serve. You know there's a, there's agitation in that, right? And then of course, and then the example that this always given we'd mentioned is it, and I mention it because every in the traditional literature, whenever the the, the Panchat Bhavas are mentioned. They always give examples of it. So the great example of the Dasya Bhav is Hanuman. Right? Hanuman is only serving God. But you can't say that Hanuman was only in Dasya Bhav. Hanuman had all the Bhavas. Right? But, but generally we think it is an example of Dasya Bhav. And none of us have only one Bhava. It's not the way it works either. But so Hanuman is an example of a servant of God. But part of the servant of God, so much love you want to serve your Lord, your Lord, your Master. Thakur said that, oh, you are the Lord, I am your Master. And this is actually very, the, the thing is that the, Ramakrishna says that the, uh, that the ego is like a ashwata tree, right? He uses the ashwata, right? Which ashwata means banyan tree, right? And the Gita, the whole world is described as a banyan tree, upside down banyan tree, right? We've been doing a little bit of research and writing on this on this uh, banyan tree idea of the world, but the banyan tree, uh, ashwata, ashwata means not lasting, right? 
But in the Gita, Krishna says, this Ashwata tree, which means not lasting, temporary, is eternal. So it's a very common, the eternal, unlasting tree. So that's, many commentaries have been written. Generally, we understand that, meaning that the world of Maya is always here, but it's not real, in the sense that it doesn't last. Right? I mean, the world's always here, but nothing in it lasts. Right? That, you know, that's, one, that's one way to look at it. But the nature of so the ego is also like this. Ramakrishna describes the ego like an ash, Ashwatha tree. Right? So what happens? You, you, you can cut down, easily cut down a tree. Even the Gita, Krishna says, take the uh, sharp uh, weapon of discrimination and cut down once in all this tree. But the problem, you cut down Ashwatha, what happens? It immediately grows back. Right? That's, that's why it's, it's eternal. <laughs> Even if you cut it down, it keeps coming back, right? So Sri Ramakrishna, was, uh, 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 he says that if, since the ego won't go away, let, he uses the equivalent of a bad word, you know, uh, it's, it's something in English like a jackass, right? Let the jackass be a devotee, right? Shala, I think, right? You know, this is this term, has many ways to translate it, right? But he, Samakrakra had a bit of edgy language, but he says, since the ego won't go, right, let it be a devotee. He said, if it develops, so he says, develop the, the eye of a, the eye, of the servant eye, or the eye of knowledge, or the eye of wisdom. You know, it's like, and so he says that, oh, I'm a devotee. I'm a servant of God. God's a master, and I'm a servant. That is still ego, but it can't do much damage. Right? You know, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of people who claim to be devotees that do a lot of damage. There's a danger in <laughs> religion in the hand of, but you know what I mean. Generally, as in, in our personal struggles of spiritual life, not political movements based upon religious <laughs> ideals. That's a different thing, right? In our personal struggle with spiritual life, you know, it's like the ego won't go away, let it be a devotee, right? Um, <coughs> so Dasya Bhav, so, so uh, 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 but the, there's a danger, not a danger, there's a, dr- a drawback for, as people who are trying to develop complete um, focus on God, and complete forgetfulness of self and only worshiping God, completely selfless. And, and uh, still, the, there's, there seems to be some roughness to the, the, the devotee idea, the, the, the sevak idea, seva, the dasya idea. Because still, you think, why do I need to work? Oh, I have to serve God. Why? Because otherwise, you know, it's like, I'm important, I have to serve, I have, I'm a servant. Right? You know, and of course, that's, that's not ego to say I'm a servant of God, it's ego, but it is a certain type of ego. Right? But also thinking, oh, God needs me. Right, you know, there, there's still something to that, right? So, and and it, it comes down. Oh, God's also. It also has knowledge of God as being great, right? So, what, what uh, this uh, Ashwarya quality of God? Thank you. Here must mean I need water. Okay. And so, and and Sri Ramakrishna many times said that this knowledge of God's greatness, or the idea of God's greatness. Oh my God, he's going. We joked last time. Oh God, how huge! You, gosh, you're huge. Right? That scene from Penny Python, right? <laughs> right. Uh, uh, that and therefore I need to serve you. There's some fear, some awe, some reverence, can, is mixed into the dasha. Not necessarily. I mean, we can be servants without that idea of God's greatness, right? But still, it's implied that God's great, and my greatness is, in, is attached. So there's some ego to some that I'm great because I'm serving Him. And also, I'm serving him because he's great, right? Serve the greatest, serve the, serve the absolute, serve the, uh, so it's, it's, there's some, it's not love for love's sake, one of the Uttakras, uh, Samaji's definition of love, love for love's sake, right? Um, um, but anyway, so that's the, the Dasya Bhav, then the Sakya Bhav, that of friendship. Friendship is more intimate. In friendship, even if your friends was the king, if your friends was the president, 
or if you're friends with a, a very powerful person, still in the friendship there's equality. Right? So you're not, friendship comes when you're not so conscious of their greatness. You're, con- you're, you're conscious of their normalness. Of their, if you're, out of int- your, as your devotion increases, your intimacy increases, your experience increases, the greatness may still be there, but that's not important. Right? If you're, you're, your parents, your mother or father may be a very powerful person, and thousands of people may shake thinking of them. Right? But, if, but at home, even if you kind of know, oh yeah, he's a very powerful person, they have a powerful job. Right, that he could, if he wanted to, he could, you know, do something very, you know, can make people change people's lives, right? But at home, you you, you can't have, you can't you can't, you do, you develop a relationship of intimacy. You forget those things, even if it's true, right? So this is considered so in 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 because this is considered more intense, more intimate because of the intimacy. It, there's there's less. It's not based on oh my God, you're you're very powerful and 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 my identity is to serve you. That's true, but. Out of out of French, out of love, you you become not equal. That's impossible. But the feeling of equality is there. We gave many examples last week. But even Krishna's playmates, they'd wrestle him to the ground, right, and say, "Get out of this one," and he couldn't, right. I mean, he, he would. Uh, uh, um, uh, of course, he could, right, but he he didn't. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing. Out of so obviously he could, but he couldn't because because otherwise he would. Uh, because of his reciprocation out of their love for him, then he became weak, seemingly. Right? And when, when a powerful person becomes weak, right, but not really weak, that, what is that? That's, that's great humility. Right? And so we become humble in front of God, we realize we are intimacy, but God also becomes humble to the devotee. Right? He takes such a, you know, in, the classic example of the friendship is that of Arjuna, we mentioned last time. Right, Arjuna's, but at a certain time, he he actually apologized. Oh my God, I've called you my friend. When he saw the universal form, then he goes, Oh my God, I, please forgive me. Right, but but he should nothing to forgive. Right, that was like actually overwhelmed by the universal form. He 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 prayed to be had the form that he's accustomed to. Right, but then he says, you know, you are patram, you are um, you are uh, pavitram, you are the supreme, you are eternally pure. pure. He, he starts praising him. Right, and in from the effect of, of a glimpse of, God, of Krishna's greatness. Right? But think about it. Krishna, uh, Krishna in the story, not only do they have a relationship of friendship, but Krishna is actually serving Arjuna. He's serving him as his charioteer. Right? So it's not the, the so actually Krishna's God, Krishna to Bhagavan Swam, and Arjuna and everybody else is an eternal servant of God. He's so uh, Arjuna should be serving Krishna, but Krishna is serving Arjuna because of their relationship. But that's a relationship. But because of that sweet relationship, think the the, the humility that God uh, su- su- uh, submits to the will and relationship of, of the devotee. So this is considered sweeter in a certain sense, right? That's the uh, shakya, then vatsalya, right? So vatsalya, that of of thinking of God as your child, right? And and uh, which is very interesting. I mean, we we went to we we're just going through quickly. To catch up a little bit, because we're going to jump into it. But the uh, the idea uh, is that the child, a child, you don't pray to a child. You don't pray to your baby, please give me food. You give food to the baby. You don't pray to the baby, please give me shelter. You give shelter to a baby, right? You don't go, please protect me. You protect the baby, right? So there's a zero selfishness, 
maybe in human relationships it's more complicated. <laughs> we all know the real the reality may be complicated, right? In human relationships, right? Right. But still, you can say, but still, you can't. Oh, you you don't go to infinite, even though you even though we may have some expectations somehow mixed in, because we're not perfectly selfless, right? But still, you look at you don't look at baby and start praying. Please, please, please bless me. You know, maybe one of these days will bless me. There may be some selfishness mixed in, right? When you're old, you better, you better, you better take care of me. Right? That's a, perhaps a dharmic expectation, right? But um, uh, uh, the the baby is only a taker, right? And out of love, so that's so that's considered even more intense, more intimate, right? And there's zero knowledge of the of, of God's glories, right? It's God's adorableness, his sweetness, his dependence, right? And so uh, the classic example of this is that of Yashoda and Devaki to baby Krishna. And Yashoda and Devaki are two different examples, right? Because Devaki had both knowledge, feeling of him as her child and knowledge of him as Bhagavan, right? But Yashoda had zero knowledge of him as Bhagavan. That was, we mentioned last time, that she prayed before his birth that Vishnu would be born as their child, but they would not know he's God in order to intensify the loving relationships, right? To just think of it as a human, because, of course, in the story of Krishna, you know, all the, the cowherd boys, the gopis, the cowherd men, the cows, Yashoda, Nanda, everyone thought of him as a human child, right? But their love for him was a thousand times more because he wasn't a normal child, right? So every child is God in one sense, but, but he's, he's Bhagavan Swayam, he's directly God. Right, so it's like we're all God, but not like that. He's especially he's literally God, right, in the absolute sense, in the full the full sense. Um, so there's one story in the in the Bhagavatam where we just read. This is well, eventually we'll pick up more Bhagavatam stories, and this is where we're at when Brahma steals the cows and the cowherd boys, right, uh, thinking he takes a trick and tries to steal the, the for one year. So Krishna, no problem. He becomes all the, he becomes the cowherd boys, and he becomes the cows. Right? And then the cowherd boys take the cows back home, and for one year he lives playing all the parts. Of course, he is playing all the parts. That's one of the teachings of the Bhagavatam. But in the story, but the the mother cows, they their their love for their calves increased a thousandfold, right? And the mothers and fathers' love for their for their for the children becomes because their children literally was Krishna in this particular sense, right? So it helps if if if, if the object of your devotion actually is God, right? But uh, but think but. But without any, without any knowledge, so Sri Ramakrishna also said, we mentioned last time also, that, that, that we think of God as all-powerful, with 18 arms or 10 arms, like Durga, right? But eventually, as our love increases, he becomes smaller and smaller and smaller, and he becomes a baby, an infant, right? And then Samaji mentioned that we have, in, in, in traditions that have the incarnation, we have this idea. We have baby Ram, Ramlala, Gopala, baby Krishna. Uh, we have, uh, and even in Christianity, we have the infant Jesus and devotion to the infant Jesus. But Swamiji also mentions, but we don't really, even in Christianity, we have the devotion for God as a child, right? There's many, like in my family, we have many miracles of the El Nino or something, you know, like the one of the forms of God, of Jesus as a small, if you go into like a Mexican Catholic church, it'll be almost like a, like a European doll dressed up like that. This is, you know that, that it's Jesus. It actually, there's a whole story like that. But he's he's a young boy, a young child, not exactly an infant, but a young child, right? And he becomes a form of Jesus that gets worshipped and intimate is the status of a child. But it's not exactly that of your child. We appreciate he's a child, and there's a significance of that. But he's but the idea. So I just said, but we don't really think of him as our child. He said this would be this is missing in the West. That but there's potential for it. 
And then Swamiji says that if we consider Jesus as our child, and the mother Bhav, and this Vatsalya Bhava, the reflection of that, a reverse of that, is that of thinking of God as mother may awaken. He said that's lacking in the West. Of course, this is our uh, specialty at Kali Mandir. <laughs> the reverse of the Vatsalya Bhava. But anyway, so this is where we left off, kind of. There's one more. There is one more human representation of the divine idea of love. So this is five paragraphs from the back of that chapter of this chapter, because I don't know how to read it, what page it's on. There is one more human representation of this ide- divine idea of love. It is known as Madhura, the sweetheart relationship. And is, and is the highest of all such relationships. It is indeed based on the highest manifestation of love in this world. And this love is also the strongest known to man. What love shakes the whole nature of man? What love runs through every particle of his being, makes him mad, makes him forget his own nature, transforms him, makes him either a god or a demon, as does the love between a man and a woman. In this, sweet representa- in, this, in this sweet representation of divine love, no, sorry, in this sweet representation of divine love, God is our husband. We are all women. There are no men in this world. There is but one man, and that is he, our beloved. And all love which man gives to woman, or woman to man, has here to be given to the Lord. This is Madhurya Bhav. That of, uh, we would say, Madura means sweet, but it means romantic love, right? And we have to be careful because this is the, we're, we're, uh, there's a reason that in the, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, the story of the Rasa Lila is deep in the 10th skanda. And the 10th skanda is towards the very, and you have to, it's, there's many, probably more than 10,000 verses before you get to, before you mention Krishna. Right, and, and first you mentioned baby Krishna, so it takes a while before you get to the, this uh, Rasa Lila and the gopis, and like this. And, part, and the reason, the traditional reason for that, and this is what we've done, that we've been reading, we're finally getting there, but it's taken, what, 11 years, 9 years? I don't know how long you've been reading Bhagavatam, remember? Seems a long time, probably at least 9 years, maybe more. Like, I think I may have been saying 9 years for 3 4 years, so it may be 11 years, I'm not quite sure, I'm not, I'm not very good at time. Uh, uh, so I look to him, he's the keeper of our history, our calendar. Um, um, so it's said, it's tradition that you don't read and meditate upon the, 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 uh, the Lila of Krishna until you've read and understood the first nine skandhas of the Bhagavatam. And a lot is covered, and lots of stories, and lots of avatars, right? Lots of rishis, a lot of... And, and in all these stories, everything comes to a screeching star, stop, and long discussions about the difference between matter and spirit are given again and again. The Sankhya type a lot again and again and again. In every Rishi's mouth, even, even when Krishna is being born, right, the gods show up and start praying, and they start talking about the difference between spirit and matter. I mean, it's like it's, it's a big important part, because we think we're the body and we think this world is real. And, and seen with that view, if you look at Krishna Lila, you'll misunderstand everything. You think, oh, it's just like me. It's great, right? This is awesome. This is the best religion ever, right? Uh, right. Uh, where what really what's being discussed is so much more refined. We're not anywhere. I mean, the 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 the, the, the discussions and the experiences and the, and the leelas of the gopis and the gopas with Krishna, these are they're not normal human beings. 
And then the sages tell us that they're also told in a metaphoric language. Right? And, and what's the most intense metaphoric language is out of romance. So it's told in the metaphor of, rom of romance. And, uh, 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 and so as we shouldn't misunderstand. We have to understand. We have, that's why it's taught very systematically. So many things are taught before Krishna is mentioned, before Gopi is mentioned. Right. Uh, uh, so, but Madhurya Baba, but the relationship, so with the Sri Ramakrishna, uh, you don't have that, uh, the, or to you, Krishna is a name, an ache in the heart, you know, you have it. That's not available. Is it on your iPad or something? Okay. I think you can get that, be good. It's good to read from Ramakrishna in the middle of this. It's a very important point. Uh, um, so, two, um, uh, there's two ways of looking at this a little bit. Uh, there's many ways of looking, but there's two main ways we can think of it. To, to yesterday, yesterday we're outside reading, right? Was that today or yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. We're reading, there's a book called the Shishi Ramakrishna Lila Prashanga, the great master or Ramakrishna is divine play. And it talks about Sri Ramakrishna's Madhura Lila. This is when he went through these different stages, these different uh, sadhanas, including the, that of that of, 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 um, of the lover to, 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 to uh, God. Uh, and so there's an attempt because, you know, how do you explain such? I mean, Sri Ramakrishna took things. He was. Ex, he didn't. I can't say he took him to extreme. He took them very seriously. Everything was 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 absolute, right? So he went to the extreme of of he dressed in woman's clothing when he thought of Krishna as a, God as a, as his husband, her husband, right? He lost. Actually, he said that there was no nobody thought he was a man during this period of sadhana, right? Uh, his mannerisms. His he says there's not one vritti of maleness was left in him. Right, because only one man that was God, right? And and so and to modern people and then later, you know, the people who are translating and writing these books, they're Vedantic monks. <laughs> right? Where does where in a Vedantic sannyasis? Where does, you know, thinking you're dressing as a woman and, and 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 loving God in this way? Where did that fit in? Right. So he gives a little bit of a Vedantic and he says psychological Vedantic. It still makes sense within Vedanta. We take this human relationship and we use it, and it is many different things. And Samaji also, the, even the title of this is the representation, human representations of divine love, right? So, in we we have a human, we have these human relationships, and so when the idea that we can use these very human relationships, the natural feelings we have, use them towards God, the actual goal of our devotion, and then have that generate our our, our experience. But there's another side: is actually God is the only man; He is Purusha. Everything else is Pakriti, right? So it's not that we can think of God this way and to try to develop a relationship. We know a little bit out like it, like it is. Humans, we have, you know, these these emotions and feelings, and they they awaken in young age and they and they last our whole life. We're looking for a mate and for romance and and for partnership, and then the intensity of of that and breakups and all the the emotional. We we have that, so we we can put that towards God, or do we have that because that's real? That's our that's our real relationship. Found it, kind of. Mm -hmm. See, you're good. So. Take me a few seconds before I get. Thank you very much. Right. So it's it's uh, it's uh, uh, so we have to be so both can be we can we can we have these human relationships, and but we're not putting them on the right thing. We can take that intensity of our love for a child, our love for our friend, our love for 
our sweetheart and our husband or our lover and use that and put God as the center, the focus of that. Use it as fuel. Or we can discover that's really, that is the truth. We're uncovering our real nature, right? Uh, uh, there's a, a interesting scene in... I think Jiva Goswami, the great disciple of Lord Chaitanya. I think one of the Goswami, I'm pretty sure it's Jiva Goswami. I correct if I, if I come. Uh, uh, in Vrindavan, uh, Mirabai, they, they, they're contemporaries, not exact contemporaries. So Mirabai, if, if we were to understand, believe the story, Mirabai, during her time in Vrindavan, the great female mystic, uh, she, it was at the end of Jiva Goswami's life. And Jiva Goswami, Although we know their inner attitude of the Goswami that's given in some, in some hymns, that although there are very strict sannyasis counting, you know, counting their how many times they bow, how many times they what their pujas, I mean, they're very strict regimented. But inside, they had this Madhurya Bhav. They're running. They said that while they're sitting there, going, you know, counting very strictly, being super austere and regimented, their inner world was, Oh Krishna, where are you? Why have you hidden? Behind which tree are you living? You know, they have this inner mood of this gopi bhava running, chasing for Krishna. But they're externally very austere. They're, per they're, they're showing themselves as perfect sannyasis. And so, hearing about him, this great living saint, uh, uh, perfected saint and disciple, direct disciple of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Mirabai went to go see him. But she was told when, by his attendants, Maharaj is a sannyasi, he doesn't talk to women. Right, that's a natural rule. He's he's in that regimented sannyasi mode, right? And uh, uh, uh. but she was like, oh, there's more than one man here, right? You know, it's like it's like in Vrindavan, only one man's here, and that's Krishna. We're all women, right? When so the story goes, when this got back to Yogeshwami, he allowed her to come to come 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 see, right? If the story is correct, you know, the story is told differently from the two sides. <laughs> the story told from the Mirabai side of, in the Mirabai literature. Right, uh, uh, but the thing is that 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 it the truth is that Krishna is the only male. God's is is Purushottama, supreme person, right? And all of us are his shaktis. We're all feminine. This is that this is that view, right? And, and therefore, awakening of this loving towards the center, our love for for Krishna or for the soul or for for for, for the soul of the universe, the heart of the universe, is not just using our human nature. It's the essence of it's the it's the the source of our human nature, right? This is the real. These relationships are real. This is our real relationship, and because we find ourselves in the material body, in the material world, confused and thinking we're the body, and thinking other people are bodies, and thinking the world is real, and taking the enjoyments and and protection and development of the body and its relationships to be the goal of life, right? We take this pure thing and we try to find it where we can. We, we superimpose. We're not superimposing human relationships on the divine, we're superimposing our divine relationship on humans, right? So that's, the, that's, a, that's a very different perspective, right? Uh, so this is, I don't know where Swami is going to come down exactly on this, but, but these are two big views, and maybe both of them are true. We can, as a psychological technique, we take our love we have for our normal relationship, we know something about and put it on God. It becomes a fuel. But I think it works because it's true. It actually, we actually, we actually, he is the only, he is, there is only one center of everything, and he's, and everything's related to him. Right. Continuing. 
What love shakes the whole nature of man? What love runs through every particle of his being, makes him mad, makes him forget his own nature, transform him, makes him either a god or a demon, as of the love between man and woman? In this sweet representation of divine love, God is our husband. We are all women. There are no men in this world. There is no. There is but one man. This is all capital, and he, and that is he, our beloved. All that love. All that love which man gives to woman and woman to man has here to be given to the Lord. All the different kinds of love which we see in the world and which we are more or less merely plain have God as their one goal. But unfortunately, man does not know the infinite ocean into which this mighty river of love is constantly flowing. And so foolishly, he often tries to direct it to little dolls of human beings. The love that's meant to, is a river is rushing towards the ocean. Not knowing that, we try to take that force and put it on little dolls. This is Swami's poetic language, dramatic, strong language. The, the tremendous love for the child that is in human nature is not for the little doll of a child. If you bestow it blindly and exclusively on the child, you will suffer the consequences. But through such suffering will come an awakening by which you are sure to find out that the love which, which is in you, if it is given to any human being, would sooner or later bring pain and sorrow as a result. Our love must therefore be given to the highest one, who never dies and never changes. To him, to him in the ocean, I'm sorry, uh, the one who never changes. To him in the ocean of whose love there is neither ebb nor flow. Love must reach its right destination. It must go unto him who is really the infinite ocean of love. All rivers flow into the ocean. Even the drops of water coming down from the mountainside cannot stop its course after reaching a brook or a river. However big, at last, each, even that drop somehow does find its way to the ocean. God is the one goal of all our passions and emotions. The great simple definition. He's the goal of all of our passions and emotions. Right? And so that our, the mistake is we don't know that. And we give our, our we focus our uh, uh, passions and emotions on things that aren't God. Of course, not everything is God. That's why we get some joy from it. Right? We're milking as much as we can, you know, naturally. And Sri Ramakrishna, I mean, Swamiji also says that when we, when we know God and we worship God, only then can we really love others. It's not that we shouldn't love others. Swamiji was a great lover of humanity, obviously. Right? And, a great, he, and he had tremendous and powerful personal relationships, but it was based upon this very overwhelming love, knowledge that the one he loves is actually God. He saw God in, in humans. We, try to see, we, try to, we, we worship humans as if they were God. Right? Swamiji worshipped God, humans as God, because they work, because they are God. There's a difference. Seems so similar, but there's a big difference. God is the one goal of all our passions and emotions. If you want to be angry, be angry with Him. Chide your beloved. Chide your friend. Who else can you safely chide? Right? If I if if I start arguing with you, you're gonna you're, maybe you'll punch me. <laughs> more likely you'll leave and then everything will be finished, right? So, but God, you can argue with all you want, right? What happens? Right? Actually, by this relationship develops. There's a devotee here. We 
half joking with him that uh, we hadn't seen him in a long time, some years. And then he showed up. He says, we haven't seen you in a long time. I'm fighting with Ma. Right. I'm fighting with Ma. Right? I'm angry with her. I'm fighting with her. I haven't come to see her until she fixes this. I mean, there's still negotiations are still going on. The fight is still going on. So I'm joking. He says, we know all the story. Today is, it's Navaratri. People read the Chandi. We know the Chandi. We know the Bhagavatam. We know Mahabharata. There's never been a time when somebody fights God and wins. Right? God always wins. Right? But there is time when God fights and wins. Right, the story is in one sense God's story is going to win, but sometimes God wants us to fight, right? And you can, you, uh, there's many songs. Ramprasad has many of these. Many of his songs are his arguments with God, right? He says, "What type of mother are you?" Right? <laughs> Let the whole world's going to how embarrassed I am of you, you behaving like this, <laughs> ignoring your helpless child while you're running around naked on the battlefield, and I'm sitting here with nothing, you know? The th- you know, you're completely ignoring me. All these, I mean, we 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 know we. It seems very shocking because we're not used to this type of relationship. But this, called, but this relationship is called bhakti yoga. Right? If, you can, if you're going to be angry, be angry with God. If you're going to be... Uh, uh, anyway, continue. Um, Whom else can you safely chide? Mortal man will not patiently put up with your anger. There will be a reaction. If you are angry with me, I am sure to react quickly because I cannot patiently put up with your anger. Say unto the beloved, Why do you not come to me? Why do, you not, why do you leave me alone? Where is there any enjoyment but in him? What enjoyment can there be in this little clouds of earth? It is the crystallized essence of infinite enjoyment that we have to seek. And that is in God. Let all our passions and emotions go unto him. They are meant for him. For if, for if they miss their mark and go lower... They become vile. That's a very interesting statement. They're meant for him if we if they miss their mark and they go lower. You see, we have, we don't we have no commentary necessary. We can find how this easily happens, right? Right. Swami Shivananda says, better to aim at at lions and miss than aim at jackals and hit them, right? Aim high, make it the highest, you know. They are meant for him. If or if they miss their mark and go lower, they become vile. When they go straight to the mark, to the Lord, even the lowest of them becomes transfigured. The highest love, when it misses, is not towards God, becomes polluted, and the most degraded emotion, if given to God, becomes purified and transformed. All the energies of the human in the in the Bhagavatam is one thing is is that um, I don't remember the verse. It's in my I gave a little commentary in my little booklet, um, but it says that that that. that Whatever, any connection to God is transformative because he says he's Subhadra. Right here, I mean, Subhadra, he's the essence of us, he's a, the, the shining essence of auspiciousness. Everything that touches him becomes transformed. Right? High things become transcendental and low things become high things. That's the nature. Everything becomes transformed. All loves, okay, we're doing good. All loves and all passions of the human heart must go to God. He is the beloved. Whom else can this heart can this heart love? He is the most beautiful, the most sublime. He is beauty itself, sublimity itself. In our classes on the on the Kali Sasana, we talk a lot about this. We say, "Oh, Ma is one of her names is Sundari. She's beautiful, right? Or she's uh, 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 Bairu. She's angry, right? We can say you can see there's different lila, but actually that's using the language of duality. Actually, we're describing these names of her. You're describing the non-dual reality. Right, so we say she's angry. Actually, she's anger. 
To say she's beautiful is not correct. She's beauty. Because we separate and say, oh, she's beautiful. Oh, how beautiful. She's beauty. Everything's beauty because of her, you know. Uh, 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 you can't, or to say a God exists. God doesn't exist. That, that's a way of thinking. God's existence. Or he's a, he, she it is a thing itself. Not all the inequalities we give to it is our, because we have some separation. Like this is, so he's the most beautiful, she's the most beautiful, the most sublime, because he's beauty, sublimity itself. Who in this universe is more beautiful than he? Who in this universe is more fit to be the husband than he? Who in this universe is more fit to be loved than he? So let him be the husband, let him be the beloved. So, in course, in this Vaishnava Tantra, there's these beautiful bhavas, people thinking, seeing God as okay, they can be there, and God as their as their husband, as their lover. But also in Christianity, we have this. There's the, there's the um, wedding mysticism, marriage mysticism in Christianity. Uh, very often, if they want to be out, it's okay. You know, it's okay, whatever is easier. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, they, so many nuns also, when, when you enter the convent in the Catholic Church, you, uh, uh, you have to give a dowry when you marry somebody, and then you actually get married. There's a ceremony that of marriage to Jesus. You become the bride of Jesus, you know. So there's some there's a, there's a tradition. They 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 haven't it hasn't been as dramatically developed and enacted as in Vaishnavism, but the some pain principles are there. Often it so happens that divine love lovers who sing of this divine love accept the language of human love and all its aspects as adequate to describe it. Fools do not understand this, they never will. They look at it with the physical eye. They do not understand the mad throes of this spiritual love. How can they? Oh, for one kiss of thy lips, beloved, one who has been kissed by thee, his thirst for, the, for thee increases forever. All his sorrows vanish, and he forgets all things except thee alone. Typical line of such uh, love poetry, right? After, aspire after that kiss of the beloved, that touch of his lips that makes the bhakta mad, which makes the man a god. To him who has been blessed with such a kiss, the whole of nature changes, worlds vanish, suns vanish, suns and moons die out, and the universe itself melts away into that one infinite ocean of love. This is the perfection of the madness of love. So Swamiji, he's speaking to a Western audience that doesn't have much background in these things. So he's being careful. So he says, Madhurya is that of uh, husband. Right? And so in the classic example of, uh, we told of, of, um, of um, Mirabai, Mirabai, the young child, so the story, or the life story goes, uh, was she, she was a devotee of Krishna and had a little doll of Krishna. But one day as her, she was, her mom was combing her hair on the balcony of the palace and there was passing by, there was a wedding procession. Right, and 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 she told, uh, uh, she asked her mother, "Oh, who's who am I going to marry? Who's my husband?" Right, and her mom, out of sweetness, "Oh, Krishna's your husband." Right, her this little statue of her playmakers, and she said, "Oh, okay." And so from that moment on, she was married to Krishna, her Giridhari, Right, uh, 
So she had that mood of Krishna is my husband, right? I'm married to Krishna. And therefore, when she was married, actually, it was a, it was a huge problem, right? Because she re refused to accept and She only had one husband, definitely not the local king or local prince, right? Krishna was her husband. So eventually she was tormented and eventually left. And, and we have the beautiful songs and her life story from that. But she was married to Krishna. I'm just thinking as I'm telling the story, another thing flashed in my mind. When little holy mother, as a young girl, right, uh, was also in the arms of her mother, maybe not this time at a public function, and at a, at a, at a, I've been to that spot where it has happened, I think in Sihor, in Hidori, near Hidori's village, not far from her village. And she was three years old, maybe, just a little tiny girl, you know, in her mother's, and a wedding party goes by, same type of wedding, maybe the same wedding party, <laughs> maybe the same characters reincarnated to, to, for the same Leela, right? And she asked, who am I going to marry? No, no. This time it switched. The mother asked, who are you going to marry? Right. First, the little girl, Mirabai, asked, asked the mother, who am I going to marry? She said, Krishna. But this time the mother or, or the other aunties and cousins, they're joking, kind of teasing a little, we do like, who are you, who are you, who's going to be your husband? And in that crowd, Sri Ramakrishna was also there as a young man, probably 17, 18 years old, something like this, you know? And she points to him, him. Right. Interesting. <laughs> she also married God, literally, right? She had this relationship also. Oh yeah, and then another, another recently we're, we're thinking about uh, um, Sri Ramakrishna had a great disciple, woman disciple named Gorima, Goriananda Puri, Sanyasi, Sanyasini. Very strong, wonderful, dynamic, amazing story. And she had a, her niece was her successor. Her niece was named Durga Ma, Durga Purima. And Durga Ma, so Gauri Ma and Holy Mother took her to, she was initiated, she was initiated when she was five years old by Holy Mother, right, so it's not a normal thing. And then they took her to Puri and had her legally married, right, with full rights. And then nowadays it's probably not as easy to do, but at that time this was, she knew the right people and, you know, the right, you know, you could get this up. So the girl was legally married to Lord Jagannath in Puri with full wedding rights, right. So that was her. Her mood is that I'm, 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 the, I'm, the, I'm the bride of Jagannath, Krishna. That was her bhava. Yeah. Then she became uh, a little old. And, and the family tolerated because Gorima was very powerful, right? very respected and very, very strong. And so when she took, I'm taking this girl, and took her to Holy Mother like that. So the family you know, couldn't go against her. She was a very uh, respected and powerful and strong woman. But then it came, but eventually, you know, it comes, you know, the, the, the parents are thinking, no, she, now she's, she's almost nine, we've got to get her married, you know, <laughs> the oldest is a bit different time, you know, <laughs> or 10 or 12, 10 like that, and so we need to get her married, right? And, and Gorima was an intense renunciant, so she had a very strong uh, response, right? And, so, and she said, how is it, she's already been married to Jagannath, you allowed it. No, we didn't allow it. You did it. We couldn't fight you, right? It would have been called scandal in the family. We fought you. It's like, and that's symbolic, not actual, right? No, nobody can marry a statue. Nobody can marry God, right? And Gorima, what is it? You know, you, you want her to be? You want her to cheat on her husband? You know, to become very, you know. And uh, and then Gorima told the little girl, "You see, your parents, right? Uh, 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 they 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 don't love Jagannath." Right, you know, they, you know, very, very, right. You, they don't. I mean, think about that. They don't accept your husband. This is a big problem in a family. Imagine you have a love marriage, and the family wants to arrange a different marriage. Right, it's going to cause a lot of problems. You know, so, so eventually, Holy Mother uh, um, uh, Durga Ma asked Holy Mother to initiate this girl into sannyas at eleven. 
So she was initiated the full sannyasini at 11 years old by Holy Mother herself. Right, but Holy Mother said, actually Holy Mother agreed, but Shardananda, he says, she's underage, we're going to get in trouble. This is, uh, nowadays it'd be a lawsuit and, you know, <laughs> the whole thing, right, you know. He says she needs permission of her parents, right, but the parents had already chosen her husband, you know, from a good family, you know, this type of thing, right. But they, they had a, uh, they finally, the, out of lots of discussion and argument, uh, um, the, uh, 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 the, hus- the father said, I will give my permission if we eat she, we eat together, right? This is the uh, 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 meaning that I have father and son, father and daughter, right? But then the little, the little Durgama was such a strong personality also. He says, I can't equal him. He's a worldly person who doesn't love Jagannath. <laughs> <laughs> that became another problem. You can see that, that when intense emotions come up, it's, it's not an easy life, right? And so uh, uh, she, uh, 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 anyways, eventually she, she agreed. Uh, but she wouldn't eat from the same plate of him, you know. There's some that which is what he wanted, and eventually he gave permission, and she took sannyas. Maybe became was strong, but actually she'd she'd come. I know uh, we know somebody who knew a disciple of her, and she'd come all the time to to um, Allahabad. So she she'd walk. I know she'd walk probably right in front of our ashram because just down the street there's a very old Bengali-run um, uh, uh, Jagannath temple. Very crude. The statues are probably a couple hundred years old. They're not like a fancy nice statue like in like Iskand statues, there's a very strange, very... Jagannath itself is a crude, not crude, it's so beautiful, but it's, a, it's not supposed to represent an unfinished form of Krishna. But this is really a, a very primitive-looking, tribal-looking form of Krishna. But she'd go there because she'd, she'd go there because she had to go visit her husband. Her whole, her whole life, on their, on their wedding night, she'd lock herself in her room because that was her time to be with her husband on the anniversary of the, of the wedding, her whole life. She had this, yeah, this very strong sannyasini, but her inner mood that of merit. But so the idea of, of uh, I brought this up, is that that idea of God as your husband is there. But Madhurya Bab is not even that, right? Swamiji leaves it there because of the audience, right? It's a rest, westernized audience, right? It's actually that of, a, not of the husband, the, the highest form of Madhurya Bab, is that of a lover, Meaning an illicit lover, a polymor, I guess you call it. Right, that the word? Paramour. Polymor, parlor or something. Anyway, <laughs> my words aren't always right. Paramour, right? Because that, because even with, with a husband and wife relationship, that also is, it's intense enough, but it's not, it, theoretically, it's, 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 um, it's a, uh, you, know, you, have, you, you want a peaceful, harmonious married life. Still, there's some, up, there's some passions and, and some, some disappointments and disagreements and ecstasies and all kinds of things mixed in, right? Within it, but the the idea that that God is 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 not even our is not our not our husband. He's our he's our illicit lover, right? So that's a whole other thing. That's because that's so intense. It's not glorifying this relationship in human society. This relationship's not glorified, right? It break it break destroys families. It's the worst, worst thing that could happen in in, in, an, in an established family. But spiritually, it's the best representative. It's it's somewhere you cannot, where like you know what happens in in the stories, you know uh, uh, somebody is serving their husband, right? But actually, they're thinking of their lover, where they're going to meet, right? They're taking care of their children, taking their children to school, but they're thinking when I drop them off, maybe I can meet my lover. You know, this is that type of thing. But the idea of it is to make it that super intense idea of God, right? That he's the that, that it's it's and so. But, but isn't that the way it is? Actually, if we're going to live in this world, 
right? We should live like, like this, right? Where we can do everything, but we're thinking about our lover. Right? We never forget. This is how you think of God at all times. Right? Otherwise, we, you know, it's, it's, oh, we, we love God, yes. We try to serve God. You know, but this is a different thing. No matter what we do, we, do all our, we, we may have to do everything we need to do, but our mind's somewhere else. Our mind's always with him, or always with her. Right? So that's what's considered a thousand times more intense than, 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 than the marital relationship. Right? And so this is, a, this is a relationship the gopis had in the stories. Right? So you see, you know, it's like, uh, so the question is, well, the gopis were immoral in the stories. Right? They, they, would, they, would, they, left, they, they were married and had children, and then Krishna was their, their lover. Right? There's all kinds of ways to justify it. Right? And, uh, uh, there's one verse in the Gita, there's one verse in the Bhagavatam. Um, what's the word for dream? Swapna? Swapna. There's a word, it's hidden in a verse. That maybe the whole thing was a dream. Who knows? What, I mean, who knows what was in the mind of the gopis? We don't know. Right? It's, there's a very mysterious, and some, some uh, ancient commentators have focused on that. Others say, no, no, actually Krishna Bithi, Krishna is everyone's husband. But actually he literally is their husband. Remember when I told you Krishna, uh, Balara, uh, 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 Brahma stole the cows and the boys during that time? And Krishna became all the cowherd boys, right? So the story goes, during that year, that's when, that was a good year for marriage. And all the, all the cowherd boys and cowherd girls got married. And happened to be Krishna, each one of them, right? And so, uh, 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 in the story, so this is one, there's, uh, Hanuman Prasad Padar mentions this, right, in his uh, Heart of a Gopi book, I think, right, not Heart of the Gopi, uh, anyways, it's, it's not Heart of Gopi, it's a different book, but also an incredible, if you ever read Heart of the Gopi, read Heart of a Gopi, that's the best, this, that book is, uh, what's her name, it's not an easy book to find nowadays, if you can find it, it's a small little, it takes a couple of days to read, Everybody, that's the best book on, 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 on this Madhuri above. Uh, written by a Muslim lady who was a disciple of Gandhi in the Gandhi movement. Right? And then one time she met Ananda Ma. No, somebody, I think it may have been Abbot George, yes, Abbot George, uh, uh, was reading this book right, in front of Ananda Ma, and she saw it. Ah, the person who wrote this was there. In other words, that she was a gopi. That's why she knew the mood. It's a fictitious book, but it's maybe not fictitious. It's incredible. The Baba is spectacular. It's the best book I've read on this Madhuri about Heart of the Gopi. But anyways, uh, so so during this year when Krishna's uh, was Krishna was Krishna was playing a part while the Gopas, right? All the Gopis married him. So so later when they went to Krishna and they left their husband, they were not cheating on Krishna. He used their husband. Actually, but in that way of interpreting the story, that means when they, when he when they're with their husband, they're cheating on Krishna, right? Which is a, 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 the point is that our love is meant to go to God. Right, so who's the real husband? Who's the real focus? Right, so we may have to. The situation is we're you know we're forced by our family, or forced by our desires, or forced by our culture, or forced by our biology, right? To 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 be part and have relationships with the world. But there are real lover, our real child, our real friend, our real master, is God, right? The situation may force us something different, and so we do the best we can in the situation. We try to be loving, wonderful, but we know our real lover. Is our real goal is is, is Krishna or is God? This is Madhuri above. Okay, I have to read fast. But I'm going to finish Bhakti Yoga tonight, <laughs> and you guys are going to have to for, you're going to have to tolerate. <laughs> ah, I, the true lover, does not rest even there. Even the love of human of husband to oh, I guess he does go far. See, I, like Oswami speaking to a common audience, he doesn't go. 
he, he does go, I just should have read a little. It's been a while since I've read it, the whole thing in one sitting. Uh, the Bhakta takes up also the idea of the illegitimate love. I'm sorry, okay. Ah, uh, the true spiritual does not rest even there. Even the love for husband and wife is not mad enough for him. The Bhakta takes also the idea of the illegitimate love because it is so strong. The impropriety of it is not at all the thing that they have in view. The nature of this love is that it is more, that the more obstructions there is to its free play, the more passionate it becomes. That's an interesting thing. The more obstacles, the more powerful it becomes. Right. The love between husband and wife is smooth. There are no obstructions there. Some instructions. <laughs> so I hear. Limited experience. So the bhakta's husband. So uh, so the bhakta takes up the idea of a girl who is in love with a man, and her mother or father or her husband objects to that love. And the more anybody obstructs the course of her love, the more her love tends to grow in strength. Human language cannot describe how madly the ever blessed gopis loved Krishna in the groves of Vrindavan. Uh, groves of Vrinda, how at the sound of his flute they rushed out to meet him, forgetting everything, forgetting this world and its ties, its duties, its joys, and its sorrows. This is probably a good fact to read. Uh, so Swami Thakur, at one point, he reads, um, uh, he's talking about uh, this type of love, and he sings a song uh, 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 um, to maybe Kamalakanta. Is Kamalakanta coming tonight? Okay, so if he comes, he can sing that song. He knows that song, right? Does he? Maybe not. Well, we can we can ask Hamalakanta to learn the songs, and <laughs> next time he can sing it. You can hear the actual song. But this is um, Sri Ramakrishna is talking to the Brahma Samaj. No? Is it? Ah, so he's in room full. Of, he's in a ship full of was Keshups then. Vijay Krishna was swimming, and all these Brahma Samaj leaders, right? And they, the thing about the Brahma Samaj, they don't believe this Krishna business. Right. This is all. This is a moral. This story of a moral person with his immoral lovers. If if it's true, it's just it's a bad. It should shouldn't be shunned. It should be shunned, not 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 worshipped for sure. Right. But Sri Ramakrishna goes into ecstatic talking about about this love, and then he says uh, he uh, uh, he sings this song. The flute has sounded there in the forest. I cannot help go. This is Radha speaking. No, is it Radha? Which is to, uh, uh, this is Radha. Uh, so Radha saying, when you when when he heard Krishna's flute, Radha went running, right? So he's talking. The flute has sounded there in the forest. I cannot help but go. Shama, Krishna is standing on the path. Tell me, are you coming or not? Your sham is just a word among words. My sham is an ache, with is it is an ache deep within. For you, the flute plays only in your ears. The flute plays for me within my heart. Shama's food is playing. Come out, O Rai. Rai is like darling Radha. Come out, O Rai. This is what the flute is calling. Without you, the grove has no beauty at all. Singing this song with eyes full of tears, Thakur, Sri Ramakrishna, said to Keshab and the other devotees, Believe in Radha Krishna or don't believe at all. Right, believe in Radha Krishna or don't believe in them, because he knows they don't believe in them. Right, it's not their tradition. Right, it says, just accept this attraction. Right, try to do whatever develops this kind of yearning for God. 
Only if you have yearning can she be attained. Can he be attained? That's parts in bold, right? So what it, the the point of the story is that we need to have the the yearning that Radha and the Gopis had for Krishna. Either they had it, it's a real story, or it's whatever, maybe some fictitious story that came down to us by by uh, emotionally unstable Bengali. You know, whatever you can you can give it as disrespectful or as as awesome and respectful a thing. But this relation, this attraction for God, the soul's attraction to God, that is required. Without this attraction, won't won't realize God. Right? The fast, only if you have this yearning can he she be attained. Right? In the last sentence here, and then I'll read Swamiji's conclusion. Man, oh man, you speak of divine love, and at the same time you are able to attend all the vanities of this world. Are you sincere? Where Rama is, there is no room for any desire. Where desire is, there is no room for Rama. These never coexist. Like light and darkness, they are never together. So this is one point. Exactly. So this is not about physical lust. This relationship with Radha, with between Radha and Krishna, because actually the, he's saying where actually he's playing. This is Chakra would also say this. He says where he Samaji because he wouldn't get the reference, so he spells it out. Where Rama is, there's no desire. Where desire, there's no... Actually, he uses, I think it's Shama. Where Shama, there's no Rama. Right? Or Kama, no Shama. What is it? Do you remember the... Shama. Shama. So Shama here means uh, uh, attraction for the opposite sex. It's a code. Right? So where lust is, there's no Rama. Where Rama is, there's no... So even though it's using the language of lust, the language of desire, it's not physical desire. Right? We speak, we have to be careful about, about these things. Sami Chaitanya jokes. He says we've that uh, modern people they want we think we're Krishna, right? And he says that and, and uh, he's quoting Thakur, quoting Swamiji. I forget, right? but the, that point is nice. He said we've become very good at stealing the clothes of the gopis, right? That Krishna does. He stole the clothes of the gopis, right? Right. The modern, but we can't uh, uh, we can't live Govardhan Hill, right? Mm-hmm. So he's still the thing is that the story can't be taken. It's literal, but not human. Because the one that did this, that we're thinking, oh, oh, people shouldn't have it. He, who is he? He lifted a hill for for seven days with his pinky, right? As a little child, right? So this is not normal. Krishna is Bhagavan Swayam. So the conclusion, the last, the last couple of paragraphs of the Bhakti Yoga book. When this highest ideal of love is reached, philosophy is thrown away. Great. When the highest ideal of love is reached, philosophy is thrown away. Who can every who who will uh, who the, who will then care for it? Freedom, salvation, nirvana, all are thrown away. Who cares to become free while in the enjoyment of divine love? Lord, I do not want wealth or friends or beauty or learning or even freedom. Let me be born again and again, and be and be thou ever my love. Be thou ever and ever my love. He's paraphrasing the verse from Sri Shashtakam. Uh, Lord, I, I don't desire what is mine is a prayer for wealth, a retinue, the playthings of lust, nor the toys of fame. As many times I may be reborn, as I may be reborn, grant me, O Lord, a steadfast love for thee. Sorry, Prabhupada's translation of this verse from the Sri Shashtakam. Mine is no prayer for wealth or retinue, means followers, reputation, money, power, the playthings of lust. Right, any amount of uh, or the or the toys of fame, uh, but birth after birth, let me simply love you. I want this love. You be my lover 
at all times, or to speak of other things. Be thou ever and ever my love. Who cares to become sugar, says the bhakta. I want to taste sugar. The bhakta is Sri Ramakrishna. <laughs> Sri Ramakrishna is the perfect example of a bhakta. Sri Ramakrishna said this again and again. I don't want to be sugar. I want to taste sugar. Right? Sugar, we may be sugar, but if you're sugar, you can't taste sugar. Sugar is glory and sweetness. Right? So a lover, even God can't taste sugar. Even God can't taste the, the, bliss, the bliss of, of God. Only a lover can taste the bliss of God. So the position of lover is higher than God. This is what the, the idea of this is. Who will then desire to become free along with God? I may know that I am him, but I am he. Yet I will take myself away from him to become different, so that I may enjoy my enjoy the beloved. This is that even the, even this even this idea of ahambara must be. I may be actually ontologically in reality God, not God in the normal sense, but Brahman, right? But there's but wanting that slight separation, you can enjoy bliss, enjoy love, right? So Thakur said that uh, these are these are uh, uh, village scenes and sentiments that may not I mean, we can challenge in a modern way but he says that that uh, a married woman using this uh, this uh, metaphor the married woman has such intimate relationship with her husband that's fine but sometime from a distance she'll she'll peek at him there's some there's still some joy of seeing something somebody from a slight distance there's some romance in that right so they even god separates and becomes many for this this relationship this intense relationship That is what the Bhakta says. Love for love's sake is his highest enjoyment. Who would not be bound? Who would not be bound hand and foot a thousand times over to enjoy the beloved? Let us be bound if we can enjoy. No Bhakta cares for anything except love. Except love, except to love and be loved. His motiveless love is like the tide rushing up, up the river. The lover goes up the river against the current. The world calls him mad. I know one. I know one whom the world used to call mad. And this was his answer. Of course, the one the world called mad was Sri Ramakrishna. Talk, Swamiji almost never mentioned Sri Ramakrishna's name, but he'd hint, I knew such a person. I've seen such men. You know, he's always referring to his master, right? I knew, uh, sorry, uh, uh, mm, sorry. The world calls him mad. I knew. I I knew one. I I know one whom the world used to call mad, and this was his answer: My friends, the whole world is a lunatic asylum. Some are mad after worldly love. Some after name. Some after fame. Fame. Some after money. Some after salvation and going to heaven. In this big lunatic assignment, I am also mad. I am mad after God. If you are mad after money, I am mad after God. You are mad, so am I. I think my madness is after all the best. <laughs> words. The true Bhakta's love is the burning madness before which everything else vanishes for him. The whole universe is to him full of love and love alone. 
That is how it seems to the lover. So when a man has this love for him in him, he becomes eternally blessed, eternally happy. He has drawn near to God and he has thrown off all those vain desires with which he was filled before. And with his, with his desires, selfishness have vanished. Selfishness has vanished. The blessed madness of divine love alone can cure forever the disease of the world that is in us. We all have to become as, this, as, as dualist. Sorry. We all, have to, we all have to begin as dualists in the religion of love. God is to us separate, a separate being. And we feel ourselves to be separate beings also. Love then comes between and man begins to approach God. And God also comes nearer and nearer to man. Man takes up the various relationships of life, such as father, mother, son, friend, master, lover, and projects him on his ideal of love, on his God. To him, God exists as all these. And the last point of his progress is reached when he feels that he has become absolutely merged in the object of his worship. We all begin with love for ourselves. And the unfair claims of the little self makes even love selfish. And the unfair claims of the little self makes even love selfish. Love means unselfish, but it makes even love selfish. At last, however, comes the full blaze of light in which this little self is seen to have become one with the infinite. Man himself is transfigured in the presence of this light of love, and he realizes at last the beautiful and inspiring truth that love, the lover, and the beloved are one. Om Tatsat. Thus ends Bhakti Yoga of Swami Vivekananda. Complete works. And we did good. We finished, finally. Uh, uh, on this holy day, it's a very auspicious day uh, of, of Ashtami during Vaishnat Navarati. Any questions or comments? Or recitations of love poetry? Yes. I just had a thought that when you were mentioning before about the, the idea of um, when... Uh, Illicit love, so to speak, uh, or I guess you know. Sometimes in my family, or uh, living here in the West, sometimes people don't understand um, what I do here. Or yes, not. yes. And so I'm thinking about it and yes, I'm enjoying yes, that yes, fact that yes, it's almost yes. clandestine. <laughs> There's something so to it. Yeah. Tiny of, of even the, even just the excitement of maybe not. Uh, the gopis to Krishna right. level, right? But even you can see it intensifies. It does intensify. Like I'm sitting on a dinner table yeah, with my family, and I'm thinking about being yeah. here or something. And yeah, you, get little, you get a little feel. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes that can become a struggle, and then all of a sudden we think we, we means we're there, but we want to be here, and then we create this this problem, right? That, that sometimes that happens in many devotees, but they have two that they make a distinction between. But of course. Devotion is based upon this distinction of wanting to find God and God alone and being and frustrated otherwise. But but uh, Sri Ramakrishna gave the example of a toothache is another thing. That, that, uh, you can give the example of a lover uh, with a lover or a toothache. That also works. <laughs> anything works. Actually, you can think of anything. You can take it, use it to understand anything. It's just human language understanding beyond human language. And that with a toothache, no matter what you do, you have to do it. When you have a toothache, you have a toothache, right? And you do everything. You go to work. Yeah, and you have to go to work. You got to tell us. You got to feed your kids. You got to do everything, right? But you don't forget to <laughs> It's impossible, right? Even if you try, you try, but you can't. And as a thing, sometimes I know, you know, uh, one devotee, one of our devotees, 
He made a great comment one time. He said, it's like, it's like our problem is not remembering God, it's forgetting God. Sometimes we want to forget God, because we, but we can't. That's the problem, right? You know, it's like you, there's, some, there's other things to be done or other things want to be done. But how do you, but, but you know, but uh, toothache doesn't go away. The, the, we have an ache in the heart. The other thing, to us, Krishna is only a name. To her, she's, he's an ache in the heart, an ache within, you know. You can't forget it, right? Uh, uh, uh. So that's a great blessing that we can't forget it. But the problem is that in the beginning we forget it, right? Right. Uh, Sri Ramakrishna said that that the child, the mother, the divine mother herself, she is like a earthy mother. When she she gives some toy to the child and dangles some plastic toy, and you play with this a little bit, and the child's happy, right? Actually, the child's nature is to want to it's to want to, but eventually it's happy, and the mother goes, oh, good, I can go do stuff. I go clean the house and do like this and visit my friends or have cook dinner, or whatever the mother is doing. But then eventually, and then the kid gets a little restless, so, oh, get here, play with this. With toy after toy to keep the child slightly occupied. Right? But at a certain point, like you, give, you can give whatever you want, the kid's not going to be happy, he just cries. Right? Because it, the only thing that will make it happy is to be in his mother's arms or mother's lap. That's the other example Thakur gave. Right? We, that, uh, that, that, uh, 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 that the things that make us forget, sometimes at a certain point, we can't forget. You know, only the, only, only the only ma will make us happy, only mother's embrace, or only lover's embrace will make us happy. But we forget. And one sadhu I met on the beach many years ago in Venice, named, um, I'm forgetting his name. Very interesting sadhu. Elderly sannyasi. I just met him on the beach, you know, <laughs> walking on the boardwalk, right? <clears throat> it's bad that I forget. Anyway, maybe I remember his name. But he says, actually, when we we're it's okay. we have our karmas, we have our duties, we have reasons we're born on earth, you know. There's, and so we have to do that stuff. We have our families, we have our jobs, we have relationships. Appropriate, you know, nothing. He's not against not against anything. But there's a reason we came here, right? There's a reason we were born, right? There's a reason we're in a human body, right? He says, and the way he his language is, we're here to wake up. That's his language, right? Or here, or we in the devotion line, we're here to love God or realize. You know, whatever language you use, he says, and you see when a child's first born, you can see it in their eyes. They remember what they came for. But then slowly, he says, the parents start dangling toys in front of it. And then slowly that cloud comes over their eyes and they forgot why they came. We forgot what, we forgot the, we forgot the, 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 ob, the real object, right? And so that's a problem, but, but eventually even a child can never be fully satisfied. We can never, the problem is we think we, 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 and we, we cry, we try to enjoy, and then we cry, but we don't know what we're crying for. That's the problem. Crying for the... Anyways. I think we'll get ready for RIT. Thank you for your kind of attention, your tolerance during these many months of reading Bhakti Yoga. I think next week, God willing, we'll, we'll, we'll probably go back. We were reading for a long time. We are going between the Bhagavatam and the Kali Sasurama. We'll probably continue that pattern.